The home video update is sponsored by you. Yes, you. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash home video update to join as a patron to unlock exclusive membership benefits. Thank you for supporting the home video update. Hello guys and welcome to episode 1, the official episode 1 of the Home Video Update. It is just after 9am on Sunday the 14th of August 2022. I'm Mike and we're here to talk again about home media, the state of home media and what's going on in the world of discs, streaming, movies in general. So yeah, we'll get straight into what I've been watching this week. Um, last week in the first episode, if you listened to the first episode, and I thank you if you have for the very few people that have so far, um, I was going off to Bullet Train. Uh, apparently, I can't tell the time and ended up an hour late in seeing it. So I walked into the cinema and thought, yeah, it's a bit dark. And what's Brad Pitt doing? Yeah, I missed it. So I actually saw it um, on Tuesday this week. And... A lot of people have been down on Bullet Train because it's obviously been whitewashed from the original source material. It's a bit hollow, cheesy, people calling it Guy Ritchie light, Tarantino light in the dialogue. But I had great fun. Sometimes I like these films where you take your brain, shove it on the seat next to you and just enjoy the big pretty people doing big stupid things and stupid dialogue and gory stupid action scenes and that's kind of what I got um I think it's fun I think it was completely stolen um by the twins as they call them um is it Brian Therese Henry and um Aaron Johnson yeah who were um really funny actually with their core blimey Dick Van Dyke accents um as to hitmen slash like wet work operatives they were great fun brad pitt um i think is at the time of his life where he doesn't care anymore and he just wants to do fun stupid things it's not as good as david leach's atomic blonde i really really like that movie um that has a lot more style the needle drops are still there they made more sense in a way for atomic blonde because obviously it's set in the 80s and one set as a period piece um this is set now there's an reliance on silly sets and CGI and things like that for time and place, but for a COVID set movie, especially an actor movie where people get close to each other, it's kind of fun. I looked at it as kind of like Clue, but John Wick crossed with Clue because there's all these people in this place. Why are they there? What's the coincidence? How are they going to die? How violent is it going to be? And how stupid is it going to be? And do you know what? It's pretty damn fun. I'd recommend it if you like stupid action movies. Um, not that I like all stupid action movies. Like I say, I think I just spoke last time about my love of Michael Bay. I'll defend the island to anyone, but Six Underground is garbage. I hate that movie and I really wanted to like it. But Ambulance is absolutely fantastic. So I guess you can flip between these things. I will have to apologise now. I do have a window open next to me. I've turned my fan off, so... It is 29 degrees in my office at the moment, and the cat is looking at me 
a little bit perplexed and melty because I think she's had enough of the heat, as I think everyone in the UK has at the moment. But I am currently sweltering for your audio enjoyment. For your audio enjoyment, I did listen back a few times on a few different platforms to the cast, and obviously my mic setup and a few things aren't ideal. Um, I'm currently between jobs at the moment, so I will upgrade equipment to a better mic eventually when I have the financial means to. <coughs> Patreon.com. But yeah, um, if there is any Tweety Birds or any loud cars or anything else, or the cat meows, I do apologise because I can't do anything about that apart from, you know, completely melt. Um, what else did I watch? Um, yesterday I went and saw, no, it's Friday, sorry, I went and saw Nope. Um, the Jordan Peele movie. Um, I like Jordan Peele. I like Key and Peele. I thought they were funny. Um, Get Out was fantastic. I do think that Us was well made but very predictable. For some reason, I just didn't click with Nope like I think everyone else did. Sorry, Nope. Um, Us. Nope. I wanted to go and see it in an IMAX because it was shot with IMAX cameras. Universal don't put out 70mm um, film. So it's digital only. Um, I could have gone to Plymouth to see it. It's my nearest IMAX. It's about an hour and a half trip each way. And that would have been at 1.90 to 1 because even though they've got a 4x3 screen, they only have twin xenon projectors at the moment, hopefully upgrade. Um, the nearest place would be the Primworks in Manchester to see it 4x3, which is a good five hour each way trip, which I'm not going to do. I decided against going to see it in IMAX mainly because... Well, not just financial reasons for the trip, but I had two things spoiled from the movie, which I wish I didn't know, because it was released a month ahead in the US. So everyone on Twitter was talking about these things. I'm not going to mention any of them here. I'm not going to spoil it. And it kind of wound me up that there's no reason that we should have a lesser experience. And I know it happens all the time, but the problem is when it's a movie based on mystery and based on things like that. It's kind of a killer to get things spoiled. Um, it's the type of movie where you don't know what's coming. It starts off slow, but not slow, I think is the best way to say it. And then it builds up quite nicely. Um, I think Daniel Kaluuya is amazing. Um, finding out that he used to be on Harry Enfield's television program as part of Parking Patawayo just blew my mind the other day for watching Hot Ones. Um, I was like, oh God, that was him. Um, and he is fantastic um, in this movie. He pretty much disappears into his character, which is really good. Um, it's very clever in what it does. Um, for example, there are, because it was boiling hot, um, I drank way too much just before the end of the film for about 20 minutes, maybe 40 minutes before the end of the film, when the big ending bits happening I need to lose something fierce I was like oh I need to go I need to go but there is not a point in that movie where you feel you can walk away from it um, you always feel like something's going to happen there are lots of shots of clouds and skies that if you're not paying attention you might have missed something um, but then again there might not have been anything there was a guy who sat behind me in the premium seating who shouldn't have sat in the premium seating because you could see when he came in, he went to his actual seat and then realized it's a bit shit. Um, and since the cinema was half empty, he was going to sit in the premium seat. 
fine, whatever, but you sit in the row behind me and then you put your feet up on my row and you keep jostling the whole row of seats every time you move. That pissed me off because every time you did it, I naturally looked over to see what was going on and I could have missed something. It's that type of movie where if you look away for too long, you could miss something. Um, I say I'm not going to go into too much about it because I don't want to get into spoilers or anything else. Safe to say that if you like Jordan Peele's stuff, um, I think it is definitely worth watching because it is very clever um, and it doesn't always go where you think it should go, for want of a better turn of phrase. Um, so I really wish I'd seen it in um, in IMAX because it's got about, I think, 45 minutes plus in IMAX. Um, you've seen a four to four by three screen then that's pretty cool because um you're, you're gonna see the the imax camera used to its full potential but like um no time to die before it universal do not put out um what do you call it um for a uh, 17 millimeter film versions um the only part of digital i'm sure that'll change now they've got um the cry baby nolan on their side um but it's just a shame when you've got a film with that much like actual imax film footage in it it's a shame to lose it um i also watched um yesterday because it is four thousand degrees um i watched um do the right thing spike lee's movie I've had the 4K steelbook. It went on sale somewhere. I can't remember where. Um, I think on eBay, maybe. It was like really cheap. It might have been from Zavi, actually, which is weird. So I don't really shop at Zavi. Um, and because it's 4,000 degrees, I thought it's the perfect um, thing to watch. It's so close to being a perfect disc. If I had the original stereo audio mix on it, it'd be perfect because the visuals are great. Absolutely great. It's not missing the filters like previous versions. It looked and feels hot. Um, it made me want to watch Clockers. I think I'm the only person in the world who actually likes Clockers. Um, I've got it on Blu-ray, I think, but it's a great little movie. Um, do the right thing. If you haven't seen it, it's it's just about race and tension and heat in every sense of the word, getting too much and things overspilling. Um, if you like Public Enemy, you hear... Uh, fight the power quite a lot in that movie it's played about every 10 seconds or every time radio raheem walks onto the scene um it's one of these things where i think like we talked last time i'm gonna have to make my own custom version of it by ripping the 4k stream off the disc and getting the laser disc and putting the 2.0 audio back for it again not something i should be doing but studio sort of force you into it um i also yesterday watched and i don't know why i was actually looking to watch something that was set in snow um, apart from watching Cliffhanger for the 4,000th time, um, I was going to watch um, White Out, the Kate Beckinsale movie. I was also going to watch um, Big Game, Samuel Jackson movie, um, just for something with snow to try and make it feel colder. Stupid psychological reasons, I know. Um, but I ended up watching Commando, and I don't like Commando. Um, I never have. Um, I'm going to be like crucified for this, I'm sure. But it's just too stupid and badly made. Um, I think that and Raw Deal are my least favourite Schwarzenegger Golden Age movies. I just don't think they're very good. Um, 
there's some cool moments in it. I think um, Dan Hedaya with his silly accent is just amazingly stupid. Vernon Wells obviously is amazing. Um, David Patrick Kelly's good. Um, Bill Duke is Bill Duke. And it's weird Bill Paxton's in it as well. It's one of the only times Bill Paxton um, has been in a movie with Schwarzenegger without Cameron, I think. Um, I think some stat or something like that. Like the only person to be killed by a Terminator, alien predator and everything else. Um, but there's a new master on Disney+. Plus. So I've got the original Blu-ray because I got it really cheap. Um, I think it might be MPEG-2, like a really early Fox disc. Then they released the director's cut, which I had no issue, no well desire to see any more of Commando. So I left that alone. But there is a brand new master on Disney+, and it's definitely a 4K master. It's not in 4K, it's in HD, but there is a 4K master on there, and it looks pretty darn good, actually. Um, it's a shame it's not in 4K, because it would have a lot more going for it if it did. Um, the audio is a bit crap, because it's a 5.1 remix. I think it had 70mm blow-ups. I think. Um, but yeah, it was just something I wanted. I just felt like watching. I was flicking around the streaming services and I was going to get my disc out because I've seen the disc. But I remember seeing someone say on um, a site I frequent that it had a brand new master on Disney Plus. So I thought, well, why the hell not? It's worth a look. Um, I also watched um, Moonraker. Moonraker got a bit in the news because... Um, Really good writer Roger Avery and previously good writer Quentin Tarantino, more flat come my way, um, have a podcast, Video Archives podcast, from their old VHS rental store that they used to work at, um, where they talk about Moonraker. And Roger Avery is obviously a fan of Moonraker because he's got good taste. Saying how there's like 50 different um, genres in that movie. There's like a cowboy movie at one point, and it's a space movie, and it's a spy movie because he does actual spying and all this other stuff. And unfortunately, even though I did have access to a 35mm print of it, um, all I had access to on that day was the Blu-ray. And oh my god. I can see why they they please the cheap seats. They're nice and clear and clean, but the weird pastel colours that Lowry introduced in their remasters and the weird grain patterns where it's frozen but not frozen and it waves and it just doesn't move properly. Um... It doesn't have the original audio, which absolutely sucks. I wish it had the original audio. Um, I mean, it had Dolby Stereo, so that's cool. And it did have, um, I think it had 70mm blow-ups. I can actually check that right now. Yes, it did have 70mm blow-ups. So the 5.1 is probably derived from that. How much it's derived from that, I don't know. I think the common thing on the internet is to say, I would add a 70mm blow-up, so therefore the 5.1 comes from that. How do you fucking know that? Um, you don't. It could come from anything. It could come from the stereo mix that they've just folded in. It could come from a brand new mix of, you know, the four-channel original version. It could come from anything. It didn't sound great. Um, but Moonraker has a bad rap because it came out so close to Star Wars and then viewed as a cash-in, which it was a cash-in. It's got a good villain. It's got good set pieces. It's got really, really clever moments. Um, the only free fall is amazing stunt work where they fall out of the plane and Bond doesn't have his parachute. He goes off someone else's parachute. He's got some really cool moments. 
Um, the model works pretty good. Um, it's not amazing. It's certainly not ILM Star Wars level, but it is bloody good. Um, the sets are amazing. The whole bit in Venice when he's going through the glass factory, he actually does some spy work, which is, you know, weird for Roger Moore Bond because they didn't always bring that in. Um, I I really actually quite like Moonraker. Um, it gets a bad rap. I understand why, but it is pretty good, I think. Um, the last film I'm going to talk about, which will segue into something else, is Death Race, which is the Paul Thomas Anderson movie um, that was released in 2008, I want to say. Yeah, 2008. Um, Paul W.S. Anderson, sorry. I always do that. I just call him Paul Anderson because that's what he was called when he did shopping. So. Death Race was originally meant to be a Tom Cruise vehicle. Um, it's still produced by Cruise Wagner Productions before him and Paul Wagner split their production company. It's... Yeah, if you haven't seen Death Race, I think it's a fun, middling Paul W.S. Anderson movie. Um, it suffers the horrible quick cuts, which I didn't get really noticed so much until I watched it again now, of the last Resident Evil film. I think it's called Final judgment or something like that um whereas the previous ones had some decent camera work and decent editing they're not you know amazing editing or camera work moves or whatever else it's it's still a paul anderson movie but the quick cuts became a bit like taken three and a lot of that is in some of the racing here um it's a prequel to the roger corman death race movie with sylvester Stallone and um David Carradine. Um, and yeah, it's um, it's a lot of... It's not very good, but it's quite enjoyable. Um, I like a, um, a stupid Jason Statham movie. Um, sometimes they're fun, like the Transporter movies. Um, you know, they're, they're silly, stupid fun. It's not great. It's got that sheen that maybe he could have gone and done more if someone like Cruz had backed him. He could have actually gone away from Jeremy Bolt and calmed him down and got some different sensibilities. And it reminded me of an issue of Empire that came out around the time that Paul Anderson started off. I think he'd just done Mortal Kombat and was heading into Event Horizon, I want to say. And it was basically a little piece on him saying, you know, what he wanted to do, what he was aiming for. And there was a line that struck it with me, um, which is he wanted to be the British Luke Besson. Now, as someone who also wanted to be the British Luke Besson, and look how well I'm doing at this, um, I really got that from him. Um I don't know why I'm doing a whole piece on Paul Anderson, but it made me think about the films he has done and what he was doing with that original goal. Because Shopping, his debut movie, I rate very highly. It's not great, and I can understand why people don't like it at all. But I actually think it's quite clever. Um, it's a good calling card of a movie. It's not well-reviewed. People don't love it, but... If you look at the fact that 
Jude Law, for example, went on from the very wooden, very bad acting of that to being in like Wes Anderson movies and like The Young Pope and all these like really crit- critically acclaimed movies to start off as wooden alongside his soon to be wife, Sadie Frost. It's kind of amazing how it all turned out. Um, it's a style of substance piece about car thieves and ram raiders. It is a bit silly. Sean Pertwee makes a great villain um, and went on to be in a lot of his movies, which is good because Sean Pertwee's amazing. But just going down his, I mean, if you stick with that whole thing of I want to be the British Luke Besson, um, I think now that means the fact that they both got married to Miljovic because looking down his um, filmography, which I'm going to go through now, I'm not seeing it. So from Shopping to Mortal Kombat, um, before Sonic, still the best reviewed um, video game movie. And it's fun. I don't think it's great as people other, pe- other people thought it was. Then the worst reviewed, but much better Event Horizon. If we'd have got a chance to see the original NC-17 version, I'd be a lot happier, but it's still a great little flick. Not Ray Luke Besson still. Soldier. I like Soldier. It's one of the last least discs I ever bought. It's quite a late release, 1998. Um, and I think it's genuinely unfairly maligned. Um, I know I tend to like a lot of movies that people don't like or think are guilty pleasures or really bad or whatever else. Um, but I think it's genuinely good. Um, then we have a film called The Sight, which looks like it's a TV pilot or something. Um, I've never heard of it. Then he went to Resident Evil. Um, now, Resident Evil series was obviously critic-proof, no matter what you could say about it. He obviously got into a sci-fi bent slash video game bent, and he sat in that menu and he loved it, which is fine. Um, Luke Besson did Fifth Element. You know, I get that, but there's none of that French, like, new, new wave, slick sensibility in any of the films that I'm reading out here. Uh, the first Resident Evil, I'm not a big fan of. It's okay. As a massive fan of the games, it's fine. Alien vs. Predator, I think, is better than most people think it is. I don't think it's great in the Alien or Predator franchise, but I think it's pretty good. Um, then we have Death Race, as I've just said about. Resident Evil Afterlife, which is one of the better Resident Evil sequels. I think the two best ones are Extinction, which is a Russell McKay movie. Uh, and the guy directed Highlander and Razorback. That is probably the best one, which I think is the third one. Second one's by far the worst. Um, Afterlife is probably the second best. Um, also known as Afterlife 3D. Uh, Through Musketeers, I've seen once. I've got a sealed copy of it on Blu-ray. I'll crack it open again one day and watch it. Um, again, we're not seeing this Luke Besson touch, are we? This French sort of slicks sensibility. Uh, Resident Evil Retribution, it's okay. It's not great. Pompeii, I've never seen it. No desire. Resident Evil, the final chapter. That's what it's called. Not very good. Horrible, horrible editing. A stunt woman nearly died. Oh, did die. I think someone did die on that one, wasn't it? The motorbike thing. Yeah, like a really irresponsibly made show. Um, Monster Hunter, I thought was okay, but boring. Um, And then he's doing the Mimic TV series based on the Guillermo de Toro. Um, slice to pieces um, movie 
And then he's got a thing called In the Lost Lands. Um, a sorceress travels to Lost Lands in search for magical power that allows a person to transform to a werewolf. Holy shit. Based on a George R.R. R. Martin story. Okay. With Mili Jovich. No shit. And Dave Batista. Okay, fine. So, I want to know who is the English, American, whoever, Luke Besson. Because when Luke Besson came on the scene and did, like, Atlantis or um, La Femme Nikita, um, even going up to Leon and things like that, it's no one did stuff like Luke Besson. Like Subway. You look at Subway and you can see that Paul Anderson watched Subway and then immediately made shopping. Very neon lit, very fluorescent bulb lit. Um, dark, grimy, a little bit off kilter, a little bit weird, a little bit strange. That That's all that's there. There's nothing else there. Um, now, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of him like I'm saying I am a Michael Bay fan. I think Michael Bay is an amazing director. Like um, Anthony Hopkins said, he's like an auteur director. He literally does things with a camera and knows things about cameras that no one else he's ever worked with does. I believe that. I think he's fantastic. He just makes really shit popcorn movies with bad scripts. I think if you give Michael Bay a good script, he could actually turn it into something pretty good. Um, I think a third Bad Boys movie, which, as I said on last week's episode, I didn't love, um, didn't suffer that much from not being a Michael Bay thing. It suffered more from the script not being great and for the guys who made it trying to be Michael Bay, I think they should have done their own thing because you can't out Michael Bay bad boys too because it's just fucking insane. Um, yeah, so I don't see who is that new Luke Besson thing for me because I used to love that, that sensibility, that cool, detached, slick sensibility. You could say Denny Villeneuve, but he isn't even that because... You look at Sicario and Blade Runner and things like that, and it's way more hardcore and way more effort than Besson ever put in. Besson seemed effortless. Effortless. Effortless, that's the word. Um, and that never really came through with anyone else. So I don't know if there is a person that came through and did that, which is a weird long discussion that I've now just had by watching a really shit Jason Statham movie. Um, but. Yeah, for some reason, it sparked that memory in me of, oh, I'm going to be the British Luke Besson. I'm going to be the cool and slick director, and I'm going to make these movies. He didn't actually make those movies. Um, he didn't seem to almost care about making those movies. He just wanted to like do his own thing almost, um, which is fine. You can do your own thing, which is you know sometimes what you should do. It's just really weird that he ended up doing what he did. His career went in the way that it went. Which is a really weird career to have when your original idea was to be this cool French, you know, sensibility. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know why it came to me. I don't know why it was this weird little thing, but yeah. Um so going on to the news in the world of home video, 
we've got some interesting bits involved, some new announcements, and we've got some weird strangeness going on. So getting into news, we have Highlander. There is a stillbook that appeared. I talked about this last week. We don't know where the stillbook's coming from. We assume it was from Eagle um, in Italy, which is fine. I've got it pre-ordered already, just in case. But for Fidelity in Motion retweeted a picture of it. Fidelity in Motion have never worked with Eagle. Eagle do their own encodes, which are normally very good. They're not Fidelity in Motion level, even though they've had their ups and downs. Uh, Fidelity in Motion are still probably the best authoring um, company in the business. Um, they are fantastic at what they do, like literally fantastic. For someone who can see macro blocking a mile off, they are really good. They can squeeze any resolution into any size because they know where to put the bits. That's the whole point. It's not about peak bit rates or sustain bit rates. It's about putting it where it's needed to go. And they are the best at it. So it's really strange that they retweeted this because it must mean that they're working with Studio Canal on their version. Um, which does Studio Canal just roll the dice and pick whatever the hell? Oh, we'll do that title with Fidelity in Motion, but we'll do this one in-house, like Total Recall, and destroy it. So everyone has to report, import the Eagle version. It's really strange, but does this mean that they are working on a version? Does that mean there's a stillbook everywhere? Does that mean the stillbook is only with Eagle? I mean, I'm going to keep the um, pre-order in anyway, just because it seems to have disappeared. And I want to find out what's going on with it. But if it comes down to um studio canal releasing their own version with fidelity in motion in code i will go for that obviously because it is going to be a better version i just don't know what the strangeness is of it i don't know whether they're just retweeting it because they really like highlander i mean who doesn't like highlander you have to be a bit strange to not like highlander because it's fucking great um i'd like to see an english release of highlander 2 that would be fantastic if someone could actually put the effort into getting the renegade cart the theatrical cart properly remastered in 4k commentaries all the stuff from the lace discs everything else that'd be fantastic because i think there's about three or four cuts i think lace disc turtle on twitter would be the one who would tell you which versions of which um uh, work on the restoration that that they are but it's like it's it's hard to pin down a UK version of Highlander 2 because I'm not sure it even has the rights in the UK anymore because I don't think there's a version you can go out and buy in the UK. I'm literally going to check that now. Can you actually, if can I go on to amazon.co.uk and pick up Highlander 2? Highlander 2. Can I buy it brand new? It's on Prime Video, unavailable. It's on DVD from, that looks like the original entertainment and video version. Um doesn't say it's four pounds 99 the vhs is 14.99 and the renegade version blu-ray i'm not sure where that's from it's not english that's for sure um maybe polish by looks of the oh it's czech um is 44.99 so highlander 2 i don't know who stars the rights i don't know if you can still buy it uh, there's an Italian import of it for 1363, which is a renegade version. But I'd want all cuts. Um, I think there's more than four versions, actually. There's two versions of the theatrical cut, and there's at least two versions of the renegade version. So there are some weirdness going on with that movie. 
Um, let's have a look. Highlander 4K. See if it's actually listed on Amazon. No, it's just 4K restoration, which is the Blu-ray. There's no sign of the actual 4K or the Steelbook or anything else anymore on here. Maybe someone should get together and do a box set. The problem is, I think Miramax still own quite a bit of Highlander 3. Um, and again, more versions of that. And then Highlander Endgame, I think, is Miramax as well, when they bought out all the franchises in the world and started screwing them all up. Yeah, so I don't know about that. Um, I think it's worth keeping an eye out because if they're going to release this year, Studio Canal are going to have to get on announcing Highlander pretty soon. But it's a bit strange what's going on. That little tweet from Fidelity in Motion has really sort of threw the cat amongst the pigeons. So it's a bit weird. Um, next, Lionsgate are releasing Reservoir Dogs, which is great because it's Tarantino when he was good. Um, I'm sure people who know who I am know that I'm not the biggest Tarantino fan anymore. I think he used to be very good. Um, I think he has really slid and isn't very good anymore. His best film was definitely Jackie Brown for me. But Reservoir Dogs, obviously, was a big calling card. I loved it as a kid. I had the collector's edition Mr. Blonde VHS. Um, I've still got collector's edition VHS of it. Um, I had the widescreen. I had the DVD. My brother's got more of more versions of it because he is a mega fan of Reservoir Dogs. It's like one of his favorite movies. I've got the... Um, petrol can blu-ray version with its washed out gray blacks that's something i need to get back into on nope actually i'm going to digress completely nope was shown in my local cinema it was shown window box not filling the 2.351 screen and it was the grayest blacks i've ever seen on anything ever the last time i saw something in that screen was pet cemetery remake and it was exactly the same and that was a good what two years ago so i'm guessing they still haven't fixed that screen, even though they've refitted all the seats. What the hell is up with that? Back to Reservoir Dogs. Um, yeah, it's there are issues with the soundtrack for me. Well, the sound mix in the 5.1 sound mix on the Blu-ray doesn't sound right. Um, the color is washed out. The blacks are very gray. It doesn't look good. So since it's the 30th anniversary... Um, they're racing on November the 15th. There's no idea of extras or anything else. It doesn't say where they've gone back to uh, the original camera negative. It doesn't say if they're going to remix the sound into like an Oro Atmos 3DX or anything else. If they can, great, but put the original soundtracks on there, the 5.1 original mix or the 2.0 original mix. I don't care which. Ideally both. There's plenty of space. It's not a long movie. Um, that could be cool. I imagine there'll be a million different special editions, a million different versions. Um, it could have come from different people worldwide. I think the rights are somewhat locked up world over. I think Lionsgate has it most places. I'm sure there's a few places where some other companies have it. I'm not sure on Reservoir Dogs and its distribution, to be honest, especially now. But I'm looking forward to that. Um, as long as it's a decent, like, proper 4K master and it's gone back to original negative. I don't care if I haven't got any extras on it. 
because I just want the movie really and the original soundtrack I will be happy if it's just remix only and the picture still doesn't look right then I'll probably skip it um I'm not throwing my money away on these 4Ks anymore that are missing this or missing that or don't look great or revised versions or something else and I'm going to get to that in a minute with my last topic on the news front um yeah it's i'm cautiously optimistic for reservoir dogs i'm not thinking it's going to be perfect by any stretch of the imagination i think there will be issues with it mainly because there always seems to be issues um whether it's like a bad encode or whether it's you know not a good master or whether it's only a dtss dtsx remix you know there's always something it would seem where something goes a bit wrong um, what I'm a bit more hopeful for, apart from the audio, is 48 Hours, the Wart Hill movie. Um, it's coming out December 6th uh, from Paramount, which is good, because the master is okay. It's the same as all the Paramount remasters. There's always something a little bit off with them. Um, I don't know whether it's... There's some weird smoothness going on. Not just DNR smoothness, but like motion smoothness. There's some weird interpolation um, or something going on with them. It happens a little bit in the Beverly Hills Cop ones. It happens a little bit in a few other ones. Um, Scream as well. They don't look fantastic. They're not terrible. Um, but I'm glad I didn't buy the Blu-ray. I didn't buy the remastered Blu-ray because I, it's like Beverly Hills Cop. I bought the streaming versions when they were cheap, like under £5. So I thought they'd make do until the actual disc came out. And now 40 Hours is coming out with a 4K master. I'm fine with that. Quite happy. Paramount are hit and miss with original audio. Sometimes they'll do original audio. Sometimes it's only remixed. So fingers crossed it does have original audio. But I am cautiously optimistic for that. I like 40 Hours. I wish it was both of them. Same as when they released Scream. They only put the first one out to begin with, which is really fucking stupid. Just put them both out. Um, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Because the problem is, when you have a lesser sequel, which another 48 hours is viewed at by people, um, you're going to sell less of it. So you might as well sell it in a box set with two of them, because then people more than likely will pick them up. Um, but then I don't understand why they just bury the sequels, because sometimes you just never get them whatsoever. Um, and it'll be stuck in like a really shitty version. It had an original Dolby Stereo mix. So there was no 70mm blow ups of this. It was just shot spherical 35mm. So it should look pretty good. And as long as they just have the original. You know I'll take a 5.1 mix of 4.0 soundtrack. I'd rather have a 2.0 or 4.0 like Fox did with Predator and Alien. I'd rather have that in day of the week. But I'll take it for now. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to 40 hours. I think it's probably going to be a safe pair of hands. Paramount discs get very cheap very quickly, so I don't think it'll be that expensive either, which is a bonus. Um, Dress to Kill. So Dress to Kill, I have the Arrow release of. It's okay. It's it's far from perfect, but it's pretty good. It's when Arrow started getting their act together um, around that time. But I did notice something in Kino's descriptions. Um their little special features, technical specifications, the way it's written, it's written like an Arrow press release. Um, 
This is coming out on October 25th. Um, Kino, I think, need to stop talking about releases or announcing releases and just release things because there are still things we're waiting for that were announced like last year and yet Dress to Kill is announced and then released within a couple of months which is great, I'm happy, Dress to Kill is a great department movie um, it's basically it's his um, remake of Psycho because he was a bit Hitchcock obsessed back in that time and he did the dual sort of personality thing a couple of times uh, Raising Kane I really love as well I think it's a great movie, got the Arrow release of that um, but yeah, the the way this is written, it really feels like an Arrow press release. The wording, the spacing, it's got the Arrow extras, which is really strange because why are Arrow licensing out their extras to Kino? I guarantee that we will have an Arrow release of this as well because they do upgrade a lot of their stuff to 4K. So I think in conjunction with Kino, there will be an Arrow release. Um, I can't remember if there was a problem with the Arrow release of Dress to Kill. With the audio, was it a down mix? I'm sure someone like um, Downfall Idolistic Crusader on Twitter um, can correct me on this because he know better than I did. Was it a down mix? I can't remember. I know there was something weird I keep confusing it with something else, another department movie. But for some reason, I've kind of got that stuck in my head. Um, but I like Dress to Kill. I'll pick it up. Um, I might wait to see if I'm right and if Kino are actually putting out in conjunction with Arrow. But I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I've got a few Kino releases pre-ordered. Um, they have screwed the pooch completely before. Um, Hard Target was screwed and at least did a replacement Silence of the Lambs is unforgivable because they still haven't done a replacement and there's no one else releasing it hopefully Arrow still have a deal with NGM and they can do it, I don't know why they haven't because it seems like something they should be doing just really annoyed about that because I want to own Silence of the Lambs I will still say it's not as good as Manhunter um, but then I am an early Michael Mann fanboy so you know there is that um, Jurassic World Dominion is getting an extended cut on home video, which is sort of newly announced because when it was originally announced, it mentioned nothing about an extended version. But now all of a sudden, there's 14 minutes extras, extra footage containing more dinosaurs, action, iconic character moments and an alternate opening. So alternate opening is probably going to be the battle at Big Rock, which is already on the disc and was already on the disc before it was announced as extended. Um, it does have two versions of the movie, so it's got the theatrical version. <coughs> Thank God. Again, don't want theatrical versions disappearing. Even though I didn't like this movie, I like Fallen Kingdom. I think it's a great mashup of Dino Crisis and Resident Evil, especially the end of it. It's like dinosaurs in a big haunted gothic mansion. It's great. Um, it's not a good movie, but it's a good, fun, enjoyable movie. Like I say, the bullet train thing. Um, but yeah, so where has this version come from in a hurry? Because the digital version is already out there. They're not extended. This has been announced later. I don't think this movie needs 14 more minutes. I think it needs about 30 minutes cut out of it. Um, I think it's badly made, badly written. It had some moments. Um, the sound mix was okay. 
it'd be nice to hear at home. Because uh, I watch it in normal cinema, nothing special. So it'd be nice hearing DTSX in my actual setup. But yeah, there are there's some weirdness going on with this. I don't understand it. Um, it's also filming that horrible universum aspect ratio 2.1 to 1 or whatever it is. Um, don't understand it. Mike really don't understand it. Um, he did it with the first one as well. Yeah, a bit strange. Um, so I don't know what's going to add. I don't know if it's going to be any better, any worse or whatever else. But it's a bit strange that it's kind of disappeared. Um, yeah, yeah, a bit strange that one. There's something weird going on with that release. Obviously, it made all the money in the world. It made a lot more money than um, a lot of better films that came out around the same time. Where, you know, it, it just, it got away with the fact it was called Jurassic Park and people want to go see dinosaurs, especially young kids who love dinosaurs. I get that. Um, it had a massive ripoff of Mission Impossible Grace. Is it no, Rogue Nation, the motorcycle chase in it was very much a rip-off of Rogue Nation and not done as well because Trevolo is a worse director than Chris McQuarrie. Yeah, so um, the last two on this news are very much a... Not so much news as in, hey, look, new releases or, hey, look, new things. It's very much a issues thing so Judah Capsaholic coming out with their comparison of Doom the Carl Urban slash The Rock movie of the game of the same name based on Doom 2003 um, there is in the first person shooter sequence which is I think a 14 minute sequence somewhere near the end um now, I'll, I'll go on record here and saying that I haven't really seen this movie since the cinema. I liked it in the cinema. It's, again, stupid, dumb fun. Um, I will buy it again, maybe for Urban. I don't know if I own it. I don't think I ever got it on DVD. I might have owned it on HD DVD and traded it in when I got rid of all of mine, apart from the few that I kept, the very few that I kept. Which, I don't know if people want to find out things like that. If they wanted me to go through, like, the occasional collection, the things like that, the smaller collections that I've got, because I won't be able to go through the massive collections um, because it's just me sitting here for like five hours reading out latest titles, um, which doesn't really work in audio. But for the HD DVDs, I have got precious few. In fact, let's do that now. Let's go and grab them. Okay, so I'm back. I have got the very few HD DVDs here because it's only going to be a quick little list because... I haven't got that many. Um, I did have quite a lot, and people seem to think because my name online was like DVD Mike that I was a big HD DVD supporter in the HD DVD versus Blu-ray thing. Um, I was on HD DVD because it came first, and then I went on to Blu-ray and kept them both concurrently because some were only available on each format. Um, again, home media is my thing, so I wanted the best version or the only version and the best quality I could get. So with Universal pretty much being HD DVD only, you'll see a lot of these are Universal discs. I kind of went with those. This is no particular order. Um, 
I have The Kingdom, which is a Peter Berg movie. This is a um, American release of it. Um, it's a flipper, so it's DVD one side and DVD the other side. I quite like this at the time. Um, I've watched it again recently on Blu-ray, and it's not as good as I remember it. Some of the shootouts are quite good, um, but it's a bit of a uh, story, a bit jingoistic, as most Peter Berg stuff is. I think I got into this because it was a Michael Mann production. That's why I went and saw it in the cinema and had Danny Elfman's score, which was kind of right up my street. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know why I kept that one, to be honest. Um, I think it's because Universal, and it took a while to come out on Blu-ray, if I remember correctly. Next, we have two copies of the same movie. We have the UK version of Miami Vice, which I own because it's the theatrical cut. And I have the unrated director's cut, which is the American version of Miami Vice. Now, exactly the same. You know, they are two different versions of the same movie. I don't like theatrical cuts disappearing. So in America, you only got the director's cut, which I actually think is better, even though it's longer. It actually makes the movie flow a lot better. The editing works better and it makes it clip by, even though it's an extra, what, seven minutes longer, something like that. Um, great soundtrack, great gunfights. I think it's a much underrated and maligned movie and I'd love to see a new version on 4K. I do have the blu-rays of both versions i got the american import of the director's cut because you can't get that in the uk at all and the uk theatrical cut as well on blu-ray i keep meaning to pick up the oh mill creek is it the one who keeps fucking over discs yeah mill creek did a version that had the kingdom in the same box um i keep meaning to pick that up it might even be on the same disc now mill creek but i like my advice a lot um i have chronicles of riddick which is a japanese import um, in 1080i, I believe, not even 1080p, of the theatrical cut of Chronicles of Riddick. I think back then you couldn't get the theatrical cut. Or there was some reason this was, like, worth getting. I can't remember why. Um, and it's the Japanese version. It's in a dvd size keep case. Um, it's the only Japanese disc I ever owned. And I don't remember a lot about owning it. Um, the way I was watching these was over an Xbox 360 with the add-on drive. I still have the drive. I don't have an Xbox 360. Um, I should look for an HD DVD player at some point. Find a cheap one that still works. I know many don't. Um, Batman Begins. Um, I can't remember why I hung on to this. I think I have. This came out of the the bigger plusher box set that came out with it. Um because I also got the Blu-ray in the big box set as well. Or did this come out first? Did this come out first on HD DVD and then come out on Blu-ray later? Someone might be able to correct me on this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I've got Batman Begins. Um, I have two Kevin Smith movies because I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. I have more rats. Again, it was the only way to own this in, each, um, in HD at the time. Um, and my version is signed by Jason Mewes because one of the times I went to see Kevin Smith live, I was on the guest list for his um, live show in Alexandra Palace. No, it wasn't Alexandra Palace. It was the Apollo in um, Hammersmith. And um, Jason was signing afterwards. And I got him to sign the sleeve for my copy of Morats. 
Um, I was going to take my Chasing Amy Laserdisc, but I didn't want, really want to carry it through London or carry it into like the auditorium and get it crushed. Also, I have Clerks 2. Um, Clerks 2 I got on HDDVD because it wasn't available on Blu-ray. Blu-ray came a lot later. I do remember that one on this one. And it came out from Genius Products LLC. God, the great releasing thing that was Genius Products. Yeah, it was the only way, I think it was pretty much the only way to get it in HD. I did have the DVD version of this as well. I've still got my Kevin Smith DVD somewhere. Um, the Departed. Um, I don't know if I ever upgraded this to Blu-ray. Again, I think this might have been another Warner Brothers release where it was only available first on HD DVD and then came to Blu-ray later. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, guys, because I honestly don't remember that at all. Um, but I remember that the Departed isn't Warner Brothers in the UK, so at a different release. I can't remember. Um, but for some reason, I have Departed on HDVD. Uh, the UK version of Serenity, the Joss Whedon Firefly movie. Um, I was a big Firefly fan. Um, Firefly, even. Um, I've got a couple of copies of this on DVD. I've got the Easy DVD tin from when I went to Australia, which is really nice. I've now got the Blu-ray... And I've got the 4K. The 4K is not very good. It's got some DNR issues going on. It's just a shame about that. Because um, I think with Joss Whedon being the way he is now, we're not going to get a better version of this. Um, but for some reason, I kept that. I think it's because I was just a big fan. And the last one is another Universal title that, honestly, I still own because I found it down the back of something. I think it's down the back of Wardrobe. It fallen off something when I stopped watching HDVD and went further on Blu-ray, which is Ridley Scott's American Gangster. Um, it has both cuts. I think the extended version, yeah, is in standard definition. Theatrical version is in high definition. But now I have the Blu-ray, which is both on as well. And I also have the 4K, which I believe is both. Um, I can't remember. Um, I liked American Action in the cinema. It seems to be unfairly forgotten. Um, considering it's a Crow and Washington Scott movie, people should remember it a lot more, and for some reason they don't. Those are my HD DVDs, which is a weird transgression from talking about Doom. But yeah, so the... I didn't get into the issue with Doom, did I? Blimey. You can tell I'm new at this. I have a literal itinerary in front of me, and I still go off piste all the time. So Doom, yeah, so there is severe cropping in the first-person shooter scene, which is really strange um it seems because it's only really that scene that's been cropped that it's been done for a reason now it's been compared obviously on capsulic to the blu-ray and dvd that doesn't mean the blu-ray and dvd are right it doesn't mean the 4k is right but the fact it's only that scene and the fact it's done pretty uniformly for that scene seems like it was done for a reason it doesn't seem like a mistake it doesn't seem like the element was different, so therefore it came from a different element and they had to change this or that or this or that, and that's the reason it's cropped tighter than the rest of the movie. It does seem strangely intentional, and I'm not sure why. It's a really, really, really weird thing. Now, people on the internet are going a bit crazy about this, of like, oh, director's intent, and oh, it's wrong. We don't know that it's wrong. We don't know that it's right either. Um, all we know is it's different. Um, until we get a director saying, hey, this is fucked up and not right, um, 
I don't know if the director's actually on Twitter or anything. Do um, movie. I can't remember who directed it. Who directed it? Oh, oh, great. Of course it was. And I'm never going to be able to pronounce his name. Um, Andre Bartowick, who did, what did he do? He did, oh, God, Exit Wounds and Rain Must Die, Cradle to the Grave. He did a lot of Jet Li movies, didn't he? He was the cinematographer on Speed. He was, God, what else did he do? I need to get him on IMDb. Hold on. Yes, yes, he did. Um, DP on um, Lethal Weapon 4, US Marshals. Really good director of photography. Um, but director, he did Remember Die, Exit Wounds, Crew to the Grave, Doom, Street Fighter, and a Chun-Li, Maximum Impact. God, he's done some absolute shit. Um, I like his Jetty movies. Remember Die is all right. Um, let's see if he's got a Twitter. Let's tweet him. Um, let's have a look. Is that the same guy? Nope. It's obviously quite a common name because there's quite a few Twitter people. That's not him. I think he's... I doesn't look like he's on Twitter. So until we actually get um, him on Twitter and him saying, hey, they fucked up my movie... Let's not assume that it is completely wrong. The fact that it's only that scene and done in such a certain way does seem really deliberate, which is really strange. Um, but we don't know what's going on. I just think it's really weird um, that this stuff's going on. I'm sure when people like Films at Home or whatever else and all these other idiots on YouTube who obviously know what they're talking about get hold of it, they're going to go nuts about the fact that they're stealing this. Not only is it in scope, so it's given us black bars and we don't like black bars because it ruins our lovely TVs and we don't get the full thing. Um, it's now the missing picture. So that means that the black bars have robbed us of even more picture. So how dare they? How dare they? Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with it. It's really strange. But Universal obviously got a master from somewhere. And until they say, whoops, we fucked up and here's a replacement program, or something along those lines. We don't know what's going on with it. We don't know what's up with Doom. We're just assuming it's wrong because that's what we do on the internet. We assume that every previous version is right. Um, where it obviously isn't. So the next thing we want to talk about is Deep Sigh and Drink of Energy Drink. So, Heat. Yes. Michael Mann's film from well this version from what 2007 i think the director's final version came out something like that um originally from 1995 obviously not going to see the 1995 versions ever um all you're going to see is the um actual um michael mann's director's final version or whatever he calls this garbage changed versions which is really 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 annoying um yeah i mean it's been changed quite a bit i mean originally i think it was like the moby song um slowly faded into the credits and then they changed that later on i think that was the first change then when it came home after laser disc i think laser disc and the vhs release had the full hit 
proper re- proper mixed soundtrack. Um, after that, when it came to DVD, um, they got worse and worse. There was an original release, and I had the imported, I think it was Korean bootleg, which had a DTS version, and it was 1.85 to 1, and it was not open matte, it was cropped. And it looked really shit, but the soundtrack, the 4-bitrate DTS, was insane. Uh, the original Dolby Laserdisc sounds amazing. Every version since that, they were remastered DVD onwards. They've normalized the sound, and they've mixed it down. The gunshots are a lot quieter. Um, and now we have the controversy of heat is too dark. Now, this just makes me want to like live on a rock somewhere and just not interact with the world because it's too dark. Okay, let, let's 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 go over that bit. So these idiot YouTubers and a few other people are saying heat is too dark. Now the color timing has been completely changed from the original theatrical version. That's clear and apparent. It's not the way it was originally. It doesn't look the way it should, in my opinion, because the way it looked originally was better. Now, too dark for an LA crime thriller seems like a stupid thing to say. It's not Captain Marvel. It's not going to be, you know, this big, bright, you know, light movie. It's dark, gritty, underworld movie. That's what it's about. So the fact that they're saying it's too dark doesn't resonate with me. The fact that it's not scorching your eyes out like a Sony encoded Ghostbusters or Labyrinth with like 40,000 nits. Again, it's not that type of film. If it's not originally shot that way, then it shouldn't be. In bright sunlight, I can see it unless they decided to tone that down when they shot it and it was shot and lensed in a certain way that made it so it was meant to be muted in colour. Um, it wasn't um, originally. Um, it had highs and lows. It had dark scenes like the heist they walk away from. It had um, a lot of light scenes, like the original um, attack on the armored car at the beginning. Um, the sunlight was quite bright originally. And they obviously changed that going to these new versions. Um, but they have obviously changed it. They have changed color timing again. Man does this a lot. He did it with Last, Last Mohicans, which is shocking on Blu-ray. Um, this isn't a case of Goodfellas. People are relating it to Goodfellas. Now, Goodfellas looks like a 90s print. It looks gorgeous on 4K. Yes, it's dark. Yes, it's really muddy in places, but it looks like it should look. It looks like you just walked into a local cinema, sat down to watch Goodfellas in 1991, 92, 1990, and then, you know, any time in there, especially if it's run a couple of times, it's not for the print damage or anything, but it looks like a 90s print. It's gorgeous looking. This doesn't look like that. This looks a little bit, well, digitally managed, like every single Michael Mann remaster does. With Thief, which pains me, it's my favourite movie, he covered it in teal, digital teal. It didn't look like that originally. Um, It didn't look like the original theatrical version that Arrow put out. Um, that's way too brown and sort of, you know, magenta and not quite right. It was 
somewhere in between. It was more stylized, but it definitely wasn't the teal overcast that the criteria in the Arrow Direct's version had. It's the same as he's done with all his movies. It doesn't even look like a modern Michael Mann movie. You look at bloody Public Enemies or Miami Vice, they don't look like he does. It's not like he's got the George Lucas about him where he wants like Phantom Menace to look digital, so slather it with DNR, so it matches the look of um, the second prequel's um, digital-only photography. Um, this isn't that. This is something else. And I don't know why he's decided whether the colorist who worked on the version was directed under man or not. I know man signed off and man's happy with it. Um, that doesn't mean it's good though. Directors, especially when they're separated from their art and they get into new ways of doing things. Obviously man is all digital now. He's going back to the 35 millimeter show and he's looking at that and seeing, well, wait a minute, we can make it look like this or we can turn the contrast down and do this and that. Same with seven. If you watch the, the beautiful making of on the Platinum, um, what were they called? Platinum series versions? Platinum editions, the New Line Platinum series um, version of Seven, where Fincher um, made them recolor Seven because originally it was done with um, bleach bypass. And apart from taking it from a bleach bypass print, um, you're not going to get the same contrast. So they went and digitally changed every scene. Um, bit by bit, they changed the skies, they changed highlights, everything about it. I will stop yawning on these podcasts, I swear. Um, yeah, but this isn't that. I mean, Thief was just slathered over with the teal. It wasn't, there was no thought about light source or time of day or intention. It was just teal. Um, this is kind of like a, a brownie beigey sort of color and it doesn't work. The contrast is completely dialed back um some details dialed back there looks to be some black crush in places the soundtrack is obviously the horribly um compressed version which considering we're going to a new format we should have the original version that'd be amazing if we could have the original version of it you know in full lossless dts hd or dolby true hd or whatever format fox want to put on there i'm fine with i don't really care um, people will use the slap Sam against Disney. Disney have nothing to do with it. They don't want Michael Mann wants because Michael Mann has a history of this. He doesn't leave his movies alone. He's just as bad as someone like um, Lucas or Cameron in that they want he wants to do new versions all the time or wants to change it. Manhunter has what three, four versions. Uh, Thief has two, no three versions. Um, because he started playing with that in Lace Disc with the Direct Edition Lace Disc. There was the theatrical version, Direct Edition Lace Disc, and now his new version. There's Last Mohicans has at least two versions. Man, man just can't leave it alone. Uh, Black Hat, I do have a 720p version of his director's cut. I kind of wish that was more available. I think Black Hat had its moments. It's not great. Um, but for some reason he can't leave well alone. Let's go down this thing. So what has he left alone? So let's get his let's go on IMDb and let's have a look at his director's credits. So Thief, he hasn't left alone. Keep there are two versions of. Um and we won't ever see that again, unfortunately. Well, there's ways. Uh, Manhunter again, two three versions. Uh Manhunter's three versions, I'm pretty sure. LA Takedown, he forgets existed. He just remade it as heat. 
Last Mohicans has two versions. Heat has three versions now. Wait a minute. So it has theatrical version, then the change to the Moby song. So that's two. It has the first director's version and the new director's version. So there's four versions of Heat. And the Insider, he left alone. Ali has a director's cut. Collateral, he left alone. Miami Vice has a director's cut. Public Enemies left alone. Black Cat has a director's cut. And that's always directed. So actually, it's about 80 to 70 to 80% of his movies he hasn't left alone. He's actually done a new version of, which is really bad. Um, the Shining Light is you can actually get original versions of his films on a format at home. Whereas, for example, if you want to get a... Talking about this on Twitter last night. If you want to get a George Lucas film on disc right now, if you want to walk out and grab any film that George Lucas directed on disc, DVD, um, Blu-ray, 4K, brand new, you're not getting the original theatrical version. You're just not. None of them exist anymore. That's kind of scary. Um, Cameron, he has messed with all of them. I think. Um, but you have the original versions there for the most part, so that's pretty good. But yeah, I'm not going to buy Heat. I'm just not. I have no need for it. I've got the 4K stream if I want to watch that version. Hint, I don't. Um, I'm sure someone on a few sites that I, I frequent will eventually get the 4K version, recolor it back to the way it should be, Someone will do a fan edit and re-edit it back to the original version. We'll get LaserDisc audio put back on there. And it will actually be passably watchable. But again, we're doing the work. Why are we having to do the work? Why are we having to put these discs together for ourselves? We shouldn't have to give up all this hard drive space. I just went through my two terabyte and my four terabyte hard drives, my external ones that I've plugged in my Shield TV. Um to figure out, do I need that anymore? No. Do I need this anymore? No. Do I need that anymore? No. Do I need an HDTV version of X movie that I kept around? So Adam's Family, do I need that version anymore? No, because the 4K is actually really good. Do I need this or that or this or that? No, because I need to make space on these drives, which are nearly full, because I need to find the original versions of these things or make my own versions or have someone at a certain site make a better version because that's all I can get. It's really depressing. Um, I don't want to focus this podcast on like original versions that go missing. It is something that gets my goat quite a lot. And I really, really wish that that wasn't a thing. And we could go back to a world where, you know, look at the, the Blade Runner um release on dvd and blu-ray where it had every single version like an archival versions that's what we want you know there's the thing that really bummed me out about the indiana jones blue um, 4ks is that they actually went back to the original cam negative they scanned them again they look really good but they changed things 4k is potentially the last home format okay it's the last format that we have in decent quality, the way it can preserve these versions forever, um, except for disc roll and whatever else. But in theory, we can preserve these movies forever. 
So if in 20 years' time, when I'm 62, I want to sit down and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, I can put in a 4K disc and spin it in amazing quality. Well, I can't because one, it hasn't, done, hasn't got the original soundtrack, and two, they changed parts of the movie. They added CG additions. Why the fuck are they doing this? Spielberg learnt his lesson, I thought, with E.T., with the walkie-talkies and all that other stuff. This is the only version we're going to put out. And then he went, oh, shit, can't do that. Need to change my mind. Need to go back to the original version. Then all of a sudden, he realises, oh, no, I can't do that. Look at Jaws. When Jaws first came out, I was missing the mono soundtrack on DVD, and then they re-released it. Um... He's now pretty much putting Atmos remixes on his discs, or someone is. I'm not saying Spielberg necessarily is, because I don't know that for sure, and I'm not as presumptuous as fucking idiots on the internet to go, well, all his movies has it, so he must make it a mandate. Fuck off. You don't know that for sure. It could just be his producer is taking money from Dolby, or his producer really likes Atmos, or they think they'll sell more if they put Atmos on it. There is no such thing as a one-size-fits-all for these comparisons, considering Jaws has the original mono track, which it should have. Um, so it is really shitty that, you know, I can't put in a disc of Temple of Doom and watch the original Temple of Doom the, original, the way it originally was. I think that one got away reasonably scot-free. Some cleared up mat lines and stuff like that, which I'm six one half dozen the other on on that. It's really... If they're more visible because of the way it's scanned, you haven't got generation lost from the prints being made, then I kind of get it. But also, I don't get it because... What? Why? It's an interesting thing that this format that should have been about preservation isn't anymore. You've got discs that are like Speed or like... Um, that's not a really good example. Um, am I literally just going to be stuck with speed in my head? Outside, let's go outside, where they're really good looking preservations of how a film looks with the original sound mix and left alone. So if I want to watch speed 20 years from now, I'll better watch the original version of speed the way I saw it in the cinema. That's fucking great. However, Less and less, this is becoming a thing. But it's only people like George Lucas that get the ire from fans where they're like, oh, it's only the special editions. It's McClunky this, McClunky that. And I agree. It's bullshit. I want the original version of Star Wars, please. Where's my original version of Star Wars? It wasn't called New Hope. It was called Star Wars. Um, watching the ILM, ILM documentary, and he keeps calling it Star Wars. And I'm like, motherfucker, you're the one that changed that to a New Hope. If you want to call it that, stick with it, because I don't call it that. It's called Star Wars. It's from 1977. It's a fucking good movie. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try and get off this subject for the next podcast of, like, lost versions or things that get taken away, but at the moment, it is becoming a thing that sticks, because that's all we seem to get. Um, I do want to try and get a guest on here. I'm still finding my way with this. Um, Doing this from scratch. Um, I'm only usually using people like Jeff Gersman and um, a few other... Only Jeff Gersman comes to mind, really, because he does it on his own. Um, I listen to a ton of podcasts. Like Literally, I go walking a lot, and I put podcasts in my ears, and that's pretty much what I do all the time. 
So whether it's in Talking Simpsons or Film for Peace podcast or The Weekly Planet, um, they're all pretty much guested or have people with them. It's only really film stories with Simon Brew where he's kind of on his own, but he does have a lot of guests and famous guests on. Um, like best movies never made and things like that. They always have guests. So, or they're a duo. I'm doing this on my own and sort of learning from scratch. So hopefully I'll get better at it. Hopefully people will keep listening and I'll get more listeners. Um, but I will try and mix up things. I want to try and do themed episodes. I'll still do my little what I've been watching and the news part of it. But rather than digress, I'm talking about Doom and going into HD DVD collection. Um, and then, you know, talking about heat and a little ranty thing. I don't want to become ranty. So I will do like lists of things like my favorite directors or movies or discs or something like that or versions that I wish I could see um, like films where they're recut and we haven't got it like Event Horizon for example like I said earlier I'd love to see the NC-17 version of that but I don't think we ever will but yeah so I'm going to wrap it up here um, I want to keep these to start with if it's only me for about an hour hour and a half because otherwise it's just one voice in your ear and you'll get bored of that very quickly when I have guests on hopefully I can get some guests on and line something up. We might go a bit longer because we have things to bounce off and more topics will come up naturally. So going to end it here. Um, this is officially episode one. Um, I am available in a few places now. I'm available on Patreon, Acast, Podbean, um, Amazon, Audible. Um, iTunes is being a bit of a dick. Um, I don't know why it's not accepting me. I keep saying my artwork is a bit weird, but whatever. Going to keep trying to get more availability. Um, if you do want to support me, you can support me on patreon.com forward slash home video update. If you don't, that's great. I'm not doing it for financial reasons. Um, it'd be nice if I could get to the point where people do pay me from doing it, especially since, like I said earlier, I am between jobs at the moment. Um, but I hope you found it um, fun and entertaining. Listen to me rant about, you know, 48 hours, Paul Anderson movies, um, Bullet Train heat mostly and again lost versions and lost soundtracks so yeah um until next week i'm mike and this was the home video update